Talk presents Season 1 Wrap-Up. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And welcome to the end of Season 1 of the Venture Brothers. Yeah, and of this show. They match up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this is the uh, the wrap-up. We're going to kind of talk about our thoughts on the season as a whole, uh, talk about the DVD special features and bonuses, and read your responses to season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so how do we want to begin this? Do we want to kind of take a take a look back, or do we want to talk about the uh, the DVD special features? Let's, uh, let's take a look at the DVD special features, because I think that they actually tie in uh, to some thoughts I have about the season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, the DVD uh, has three special features. It doesn't have the tour of Astro Base. That's on season two. I mm-hmm. thought it was on this one. So eagle-eyed listeners who heard me talk about the caffeination station, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, uh, probably, we're getting a preview of the end of next season. <laughs> um, they're deleted scenes here. Um, they're not super good. Nope. Very slim. Not 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 very mm-hmm. illuminating, let's say. Yeah. Um, there's little bits of... Uh, you know, so we talked about some of these when they would show up in the episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the auto uh, auto Aquarius uh, thing where he quits the original <laughs> team venture, you know, because they're uh, perverts and idolaters, mm-hmm. sodomites, yeah. uh, you know, is in there. Um, my favorite one is the one where the monarch lists his peers and we get a preview of a bunch of villains. Yeah. We learn about Tigerific and Truculies <laughs> and then a bunch of people who we don't actually get uh we don't actually see mm-hmm. but anytime they can just list off a you know run off a big list of supervillain mm-hmm. like pun name ideas I'm, I'm into it it's their uh it's their superpower uh just yeah. you know god bless anybody who could come up with truculies yeah truculies is incredible <laughs> uh, this big rig sits for two mm-hmm. um yeah this big rig's going stag <laughs> yeah uh, so, uh, like, yeah, we talked about JJ, you know, explaining how he jury rigged, uh, uh, the, uh, Rusty's body and stuff like that. Like it's, you know, it, neat, but not necessary. Let's say like, yeah. I didn't need that information. Like you see, you know, he was just there in a, in, in the, in a guy womb. There we are. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, then, then, he got, then, then he got, then he got angry and, uh, and, they, and, and, then, and, and, then, <laughs> and then they cut him out. Yeah. Uh like I thought it was cool to look at the animatics as somebody who has worked adjacent to animation and like a- approved and punched up animat- animatics and stuff like that seeing what they what they included and kind of the level, level of detail that they were working at was kind of neat. But yeah, like this mm-hmm. was not all fully animated and then they cut it out. This is all pre them sending it off to Korea. And it's also worth noting uh these are what we would call now extended scenes. Yes. Uh, deleted scene is very charitable. These are like <laughs> scenes we've already seen, but with an extra line in them. Like mm-hmm. there's a Brisby B one that I have no idea what they actually added to What's it. What's different? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty obnoxious. Like this is a pretty scant feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Like you, yeah. you, you put on the DVD what you have. Yeah. You know, I do not blame them. Um, there is the longest feature. Uh, and I would go as far as to say kind of like unpleasantly long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is the uh, twenty-minute featurette behind the scenes of the Venture Brothers movie? Yeah, uh, fake thing, which is 
they're having a lot of fun. Yeah, they're having fun. <laughs> they're they are having fun. Um, they are certainly having fun, and James Urbaniak is pretty funny. Yes. Yeah, because James Urbaniak is an actor who has done like improv and stuff like that. Like he yeah. he has been on stage and and done that kind of thing. Uh, I think, man, Jackson Public really falls down on 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 this mm-hmm. uh, a yeah. lot. Um, so not as good an improviser. No, no. Doc Hammer can yeah. kind of hold his own, you know, to a, to to a certain degree. I think you know Doc Hammer as as Doctor Girlfriend is, is is interesting, but again, it all just kind of goes on a little bit too long. The thing I like about Venture Brothers is that, that it's tight and written and considered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know and paste yeah like the the pace is really snappy mm-hmm. um you know which is a really good feeling and it's not in this uh this just goes on yeah uh, there's also the winky bit where all the characters uh reflect on doc hammer and jackson public and then wonder which, whether whether or not they're gay yeah yeah and then, you know again <laughs> we're talking about like going into the first season uh yeah. where it says you know they are gay for each other mm-hmm. uh even though they have girlfriends uh in the parlance of the early 2000s right um this is just not funny enough right for me um it it needs to be way funnier and it needs to be less like sexual like mm-hmm. th- it's 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 immature uh which you know again i love the venture brothers a lot of times it's immature mm-hmm. but there is a line where it's kind of too dumb and it's interesting because the last special feature is my favorite one of these and it's also immature but it's <laughs> funny yeah you know, uh, um, I've got I've got one more thing about the behind the scenes. Uh, I can't stand seeing a voice actor do the voice for their character in person. Mm. Um, I don't I don't care for that actually. Like it, we, when when it's just like when Seth MacFarlane's like, oh, I'm gonna fire you up a Stewie, buddy. It's like no. The inside the actor studio where <laughs> the inside the actor studio where they had all the all the Simpsons voice actors, and he's like. Tell me what Bart thinks about the process of. Well, I don't know, dude. I've got like no, I, I hate I, it. I, I, I don't. I don't care I if you're in that. costume in this, and you know, I don't uh, care if you've got like this tune filter over you and this behind the scenes thing. It's just, it's really rough watching, you know, like watching a voice actor, you know, watching those voices come out of real faces. There's like a real dissonance for that. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> Me and Emma have been rewatching The Office, and there's a uh, Dan Castellaneta plays like a really bit part mm-hmm. in it, and uh, he doesn't do the Homer voice, and there's really no reason for it to be Dan Castellaneta, uh-huh. <laughs> just you know, just a guy. Uh, but I kept thinking, I was like, yeah, what? Like that's Homer comes out of that, huh? Yeah, huh? Like, look at that maw. <laughs> yeah, mouthful of teeth. The Homer comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm not super into it. It was, yeah. it was weird though because I love impersonations. Yeah, so. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- this, this is boring and that's mm-hmm. the, the big crime for it. Like this is the longest one and it's yeah. like, again, tell they're having fun. Yeah. They got the, to build these little costumes. The homemade costumes are fun. The bald cap on yeah. James Urbaniak is fun, but yeah. And the, the little bit where they're, uh, showing him like trying to do the line read mm-hmm. and he takes off his beard while rubbing it and they're like, no, we can work that into the script. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny joke. Like there yeah. are some good jokes, uh-huh. uh, that happen in it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, they're pretty few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have a lot more time for uh, is the how they animate Hank and Dean doing the Go Team Venture uh, <laughs> featurette. I think this is very funny. Yeah, yeah. This it's it's yeah. a little bit like a, like like an SNL commercial or something like that. 
uh, just sure. because it is a, a lot of it is gags in the voiceover and visual. So the entire premise is this is not how animation works. They talk about like, oh, in order to get the actual motions, we need to you know mocap these people, and you have you have uh, Jackson Public and uh, Michael Sinternikloss. Uh, there in the motion capture suits with the ping pong balls, like doing all these motions as Pete White and Billy Quizboy like narrate this really um, overly elaborate process that involves um, adding and removing a background picture of a what is it a mannequin head and a lamp on a bucket. Yeah, uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yes, and the painstaking uh, you know process of removing uh, it from every frame. Yeah. Moving it from every frame. The, the, this being narrated by Pete White and Billy Quizboy does a lot of work mm-hmm. uh, for it. And it's also, it's just so, you know, uh, shaggy dog. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it takes all this, but most of the steps are unnecessary. And it's so clearly not motion mm-hmm. capture uh, <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this I thought was cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the green, the, the ping pong like suit thing is very funny when they show their like constellations mm-hmm. and each of them has a ping pong on the ding dong. Uh-huh. And, uh, I like that a little bit. These two <laughs> constellations with hanging dong. Yeah. Um, as, as we need to know where the dicks are on Hank and Dean. When they do, do the team adventure. <laughs> gotta keep, gotta um, keep tabs on the dicks. <laughs> yeah. I gotta know where too many dicks on the dance floor. Uh, so th- th- that one is pretty funny, but in general, this is not a, uh, a feature rich, um, I guess, you know, the commentaries all count as that. And those are also like a little bit of a mixed bag. Like, yeah. You know, to be to be honest, like uh, the actual insight, most of the insight that we got came from the book. Right. Um, I found. And the commentary is mostly like a pretty good podcast mm-hmm. that I would sit down and accidentally listen to when I thought I was doing work. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that was uh, that's 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 a thing. And in the book, they talk about how in season one, they they really didn't have any idea if this was actually a thing yet. Mm-hmm. Like, like how seriously should we be taking this? Like, what actually is going on here? What's what? What's the depth of it? And like, even in the commentary, they make reference to like, oh, if we get season two, or no, they were they were approved for season two, but they talk about like, oh, you're going to be seeing more of so and so in season two, stuff like that. I think that mm-hmm. I think that you know. I've not seen the um, special features on any of the uh, DVDs that are coming up, but I would imagine that as they take the show more seriously uh, and as they get the process down, there's probably going to be more, more in the way of thoughtful kind of like reflection on the decisions that they made when they were more invested in it. Let's say. Yeah, I think so too. And as the show gets more ambitious, of course. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, That's kind of the, the special features. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this, um, let's do listener responses and then our yeah our uh, responses. Why don't you let us know what Arlen says? Yeah, so Arlen says I'm watching episodes of Venture Brothers just ahead of when the corresponding episodes of Orb come out. I love the show, but as a person born in '93, I end up missing some of the references. Uh, for example, I had no idea what Johnny Quest was until y'all mentioned it, and I looked it up, and now I'm turning into dust. And I'm blowing away the wind. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's really difficult to explain uh, or even just highlight a uh, joke and not kill it in the process. But Orb does a fantastic job. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those references are definitely part of, like, I understand it being alienating. It's also part of why this show is so for me. Because they're making a lot of the references I do. Like, I was watching clips on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, I think I brought this up before. But the mm-hmm. um, when they're doing the prom 
mm-hmm. and uh, they're yelling at Pete Wyatt, like, you got the Fun Boy 3 version of Our Lips Are Sealed on here. <laughs> and me just being like, I know what the Fun Boy 3 version of Our Lips Are Sealed <laughs> sounds like. Uh, it's a banger. It's look, a better look, version. Look, than look, look, version. Look, looking around, does anybody get anybody else get this? Anybody get yeah, this? Huh? I do. I'm special. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, so I under, I definitely understand that it is, it is a, uh, a show that is for like an age group, Yeah, you know, and it extends beyond that. But like, I think the target is definitely an age group. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, uh, Craig says via contact, when you announced orb, my initial thought was, I think I've seen that show. <laughs> I was around 11 year old, 11 years old when season one of the Venture Brothers was released. I doubt I was up when the Venture Brothers was airing on the television and my parents' house still only had dial-up. I think I was able to watch cartoons on my laptop by leaving the video to buffer for an hour and coming back to it. I remember one such cartoon having odd animation and people in costumes. The people in costumes weren't fighting. They were talking about this group named Depeche Mode and weighing in line for a garage sale. I was so excited when I watched Tag Sale You're It in 2020 and realized that Venture Brothers was something child me had watched and enjoyed. As an adult, I can better appreciate the humor derived from this amazing ensemble cast of characters experiencing what would otherwise be normal or boring situations. Uh, Best episode of season one is Tag Sale. Worst episode, Mr. Brisby. Yeah. If you don't count the pilot, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's funny. Like, okay, I remember. I remember somebody saying the word, the, the words Depeche Mode, uh, and mm. here, many, many years later, that's going to be the thing that uh, that, that, that draws me back. Yeah, I remember when I was trying to get my uh, ex-wife into the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, the tag sale episode, and then the trial of the monarch were the two that I used. Yeah. Um, because I felt like the Mecha Shiva thing was so effortlessly charming, even though like in retrospect, it's like that does start uh, on a visualization of a lie, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that the funniness of that visualization kind of is reliant on knowing the characters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I definitely agree that like those are the good ones. And I'm glad that uh, when I came to this, I was like in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a good time to come to this. Yeah. If I was 11, I might have had a harder time. Mm-hmm. This came out in 2004. I would have been 16. Yeah. 16, 17. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's about right, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what does Tom say? Tom writes in about a, uh, a plot hole. This uh, relates to extremely late uh, revelations, but there's no spoiler policy on here. Uh, Tom writes, hi, love the show. I did a full rewatch early in quarantine and orb has been a nice post watch companion to that. After listening to the podcast, a possible plot hole struck me. Um, I'll try to keep this spoiler light, uh, and it may be too tinfoil hat, but fire up the presidential time machine and hear me out. Uh, in return to Spider Skull Island, JJ says he has been ru- he has been with been with Rusty his entire life, uh, and the surreal flashbacks throughout the entire season support this. Uh, the question uh, is, which life is JJ talking about? Uh, since seasons later, it is implied that Rusty may have been cloned as well in his youth. Uh, would that mean that each time Rusty was cloned, JJ was cloned as well? I find this a little odd because though an awful person, Jonas senior was, uh, the real deal in terms of science. So how could he have, how could he not know that there was an entirely other person in 
inside of Rusty during the clone process. Uh, if he just took a bit of blood or tissue from Rusty to clone him, uh, that would not create a new version of JJ as well. Uh, this leads my brain to a darker take. What if JJ wasn't Rusty's natural twin at all? When the, when original Rusty died, what if Jonas tried to improve him? Uh, it would seem a very Jonas thing to do, trying to make Rusty more like himself, both out of vanity and as a way to maybe keep Rusty from being so death-prone in the future. Uh, the process didn't visibly work, and Jonas gave up, uh, not knowing that instead of rewriting Justy to be more like Jonas, uh, he instead created a not, for, not fully formed clone of himself inside of the clone of Rusty. Uh, this would be the reason JJ looks so much like Jonas and has his skill for business and science shown later on. Just a strange thought uh, that doesn't seem too out there, but considering where things go from here, um, thanks for the show. Keep it up and go team venture. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. I don't think that they took that into account when they put out the uh, the idea that uh, Rusty may be a clone himself. I think that they I think that they didn't uh, account for that. Yeah. Well, they also um, I'm trying to you know, I haven't done a full series rewatch. I've mm -hmm. been rewatching along with the show, um, you know, even though I've seen the whole full series. Um, I don't remember how uh, ambiguous it is that, that Rusty was cloned. It's pretty ambiguous. Um, yeah. Like they, they like to throw stuff out like this as a fun idea, mm -hmm. you know, like they, they cast forward plot ideas that they, they can then later use. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes it's all planned, but sometimes it's like, you know, they talk about how they'll put something in their, uh, in their scripts and the other person will be like, Oh, I can use that, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of grab it for the future. So I just, I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is the kind of thing that they would, you know, if they decide to follow up on it would show up in a hypothetical eighth season. Mm hmm. Uh, and it would be cool. And I think that your, your guess about this is as good as any, yeah. um, it fits with the themes of the show, mm -hmm. um, and would be appropriately horrific and, uh, <laughs> and abusive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. definitely fits with Jonas's motivations and his complete disregard for his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, season one. Season one. What a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> <laughs> what what a long strange <laughs> 16 or so episode uh trip it's been see you next summer it's been um surprising to say the very least mm -hmm. you know i think my last rewatch was kind of more recent than yours because before we mm -hmm. did orb i just did a complete season rewatch um but even then like talking about it in detail it wasn't until i talked about it in, in detail that i realized kind of how much a lot of these episodes do stand up mm-hmm yeah, it's it's been uh it's been interesting because it's like simultaneously, you know, a worse show yep. than than it turns into. And the immaturity of it is uh is galling. Like mm -hmm. it, it's not fun to have characters throw around the word retarded, like just kind of over and over. Mm -hmm. Um but uh it has it is funnier and better than I originally thought. Yeah. Uh it would be upon going back to it. I think that like when I was remembering the first season, I was mostly remembering like pilot yes type kind of stuff and there there are episodes in the season i thought were from later seasons mm -hmm. um because of the because of their general quality mm -hmm. um you know that kind of like edgelord uh stuff will burn off though not entirely mm -hmm. and that's the biggest uh change you know other than just a degree in scope yeah of of like ambition mm -hmm. like burning off some of that edgelordness yeah um i think the venture brothers has a thing where the, they set a bar really high so that when something doesn't hit uh it's very tempting to be like this is a bad 
episode of TV, but it's really just kind of bad on the Venture Brothers curve. Yeah. You know, like I, I was thinking about like when we did Brisby, like Brisby is not a good episode right. of this season. Um, but like there's still bits in it that I like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brock like continuously just shooting the dart to hold a rusty <laughs> up as he falls. Like stuff like that's like pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's still pleasure to be had. And it's just like to me, like leagues above other kind of cartoons, like, you know, animated comedies like this that are serialized and what Adult Swim was doing. Yeah. You know, like uh, I liked Aqua Teen. I like C Lab still. Like I think C Lab is pretty good. Um, but they're just really like, that little random nature to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Venture Brothers never like indulges in that. So even at its worst, it's still coherent. Yeah. You know, even if the things are a little bit disconnected and if it's a little edgelordy and immature. Mm-hmm. Does that is that coherent? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. As a thought. Yeah. yeah. You know, just it, it uh, still stands out among its peers, right? P- yeah. Partly because it uh, didn't really fit in with its peers very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think? What, what other first season thoughts? Yeah. Um, I'd like, it found its look faster. Again, part of that judging the entire first season based on the pilot. Um, I walked into this expecting it to be a little bit harder to watch and listen to, you know, Mm -hmm. like the characters found their voice, uh, pretty quickly. So, you know, some more quickly than than others, like Hank becomes Hank so much faster than doc becomes doc. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I forgot how quickly Hank hangs out. You know, yeah. uh, and Dean still is only is still on the journey to becoming what Dean ultimately becomes. But Hank is like, man, does Hank get hanked? Yeah. Like, you know, you know Dean had ultimately goes through a lot more growth than Hank does. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think like the way that Hank evolves is more is more subtle. Um, yeah. Not not, you know, less rewarding for being more subtle, but it, it definitely is harder. You know, it's easier to look and recognize recognize him where he is here. yeah 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 um you know other than that it's it's interesting watching the the response of people watching along with us in the slack mm-hmm. um and kind of gauging people's different sensitivities to the early 2000s-ness of it all right you know um that element of it uh which is going to always be a part where you're talking about old media you know says you know the dudes who did that lovecraft show yeah um <laughs> you know uh is is really interesting how subjective that is mm-hmm. because uh there are things that will just like like people will show up sometimes in the slack channel and be like man i just watched this episode totally bum me out mm. and then like i will like think about that episode or watch that episode again prompting and there's like a joke in it that's obnoxious but the episode doesn't bum me out like yeah. i'm not feeling it Mm-hmm. Uh, and part of it, I think, is, you know, not only was I in, like, a real good pocket to experience this when it was on, but I'm kind of in a good pocket to reevaluate it because I can talk about that stuff, but it doesn't cross-contaminate yeah. very much. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, it's something I'm able to compartmentalize mm-hmm. pretty well. Like, yeah, it would suck if it would be better if they didn't do that dumb joke, mm-hmm. you know. But look at this other thing they're doing. Like, yeah. I don't want that to get a. I don't want this baby to die with the bathwater. Yeah, yeah, you know? and you know, along with that, it's perfectly understandable. Like, if something that they say reminds you of a hurtful thing that was thrown at you, if, yeah, no, oh, you're, you're you're not yeah. under any, you're not there's, under there's any obligation. Yeah, wrong with that. Like nobody, nobody mm-hmm. has to compartmentalize. Yeah, you know, but I think that like in terms of criticism, it's good to be able to mm-hmm. compartmentalize and look at something holistically. Yeah. 
Um, you know, so not to pat ourselves on the back for that, but I no, think no, just, it's just, you, you know, know if it makes it ends up working. Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, you know the fact that we came up with it contemporaneously, and I, you know, for me, I can remember the kind of jokes that I was making at the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can remember when and why I stopped making those, and you know, reflect and put the put the work back in us time at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that, that is that is one of the big surprising elements of looking at the show critically is how many of my mirror neurons are fi- firing in terms of sympathy yeah. for these guys stepping on landmines and saying shitty things that like I also said when I was that age because yeah. I was shitty. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it doesn't make it right. I would have been a better person if I just didn't do that. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, to, you know, to me to have sympathy for Jackson and doc is to have sympathy for myself. Yeah. There's a weird kind of emotional resonance to thinking back on the show where these like two idiots just got to have their dream job, mm-hmm. have fun and dress up and everything, um, you know, but in the in the process also called things gay. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, you know, I, I did call things gay and I didn't even get to dress up and have my dream job and have fun, <laughs> you know, um, I just did it for the love of the game. Yeah. I just, I just, I, it's, uh, you know, it, it's 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 an interesting thing. Uh, to think about and it ends up being like as two people who i don't believe are evil you know i don't think these are bigots i don't think that they're they're mm-hmm. evil people it's an interesting case study of of you know that idea that like something i really believe in um in this you know world of uh uh you know cancel canceling yeah. and stuff like that you know in this um, world that, of pc gone run amok of the thought police running around <laughs> In this world where people are increasingly uh, responsible for their actions and words yes, um, and are held accountable, um, I think that only really works if people are allowed to change. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's if it's one strike, you're out, uh, then I don't know. I, I don't I think that's I think that's too broad. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, hold people accountable. Yes, expect improvement from people. But like some people do improve. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do try to get better. And I think that like that's worth recognizing not yeah. saying that any individual like oppressed person needs to make time for that. No, <laughs> but in a, in a grand, in a grand scheme of things, like not down to the individual, I think that's worth thinking about. Yeah. If you need to say, fuck it, I'm out, you know, your, your life mm-hmm. is short too. Just like mine. Is. Yeah. 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 We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for Hank and Dean until the end of season three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so, or end of season two, right? Or yeah. end of season three. Yeah. Yeah. And of season two is the wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for yeah. going on this journey with us. Thank you. Uh, we're not taking a break in between seasons. We're going to be rolling right into, uh, S2, uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, what is it? Powerless in the face of death. We're going to see yep. the aftermath of the explosive conclusion, uh, to season mm-hmm. one. Uh, how will they move on without Hank and Dean? It's, it's pretty weird. I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> um, we also will have, uh, you know, same kind of format as the season. We'll have a few guests, mm-hmm. um, this season. You know, yeah. I'm not sure exactly who and who will repeat and everything. Something just as a quick note, like uh, that is something that I've been tapping people who I know that we have like chemistry with yeah, and stuff. It's not uh, necessarily open, you know? Yeah. So if, if uh, you yeah, so, and the reason why I said that is somebody asked me on Twitter if they could guest on it, uh, right. it's like that, that is flattering and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, right now we're just keeping a tighter control on that because uh on-air chemistry is something that is hard to control for yeah that's not personal about the person who asked or anybody who might mm-hmm. want to ask but like it's a different value proposition having like jeremy on yes you know or even zach who we've like interacted with a lot on the slack mm-hmm. gwen yeah you know yeah and then gwen who is a friend 
Yeah. You know, like we, we hung out with Gwen in person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it is uh, having that kind of vibe uh, is something I think that we value. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think so. Um, a great yeah. way to celebrate the wrap of the season is to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or whatever directory you found this on. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and if you want to get these episodes a week early or you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you missed your opportunity to write in uh, a response, we'll be doing a- another one of these at the end of season two. Uh, watch for the prompt to go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until next time, go, go Team, team Venture. Venture.